Hey, fired up footballers. I think we got it. Fired up footballers. We are live. You might not be able to see Hold on. You might not be able to see us. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Taki mushrooms. Come on. Come on, little one. Come on. Come on, Lee. We won. Yeah, I yeah, I I think we're going. I just don't think they can see us. Mute microphone. No. We don't want to mute. Turn camera off. Turn camera off. Let's see if that does anything. And we're broadcasting. Possibly live. Fired up footballers. We can't see your comments. Let's see what's going on here. Possibly live. Oh, we are live. Okay. Yeah, you're live. Okay. All right, Moot. All right, Welcome to the show. We're Sorry we're for going. the technical difficulties. Sorry for the technical difficulties, everybody. YouTube just threw a, uh, a hurdle at us that's saying that you need to have at least a 1,000 subscribers to be able to live stream from your mobile device. So the, our normal way of filming is, uh, is a little – oh, we're on here now. Uh, it's a little different now. And now you guys can't see us at the moment. We'll figure this out at another time. But we have Moot with us to here to talk about the Toronto and Chicago match and all of the other crazy business with uh, potential rebranding, Soldier Field uh, in the in the um, future, and uh, all the other stuff along with it. So uh, thanks for joining us, Moot. What's going on? Not much, guys. Uh, just, you know, nursing a night off last night. But, you know, thanks for having me on. Excited to be on. Um, I've always thought that we've always needed a good fan podcast for the fire, and uh, you know I'm pumped to be part of one with you guys today. All right, and we definitely awesome. got some uh, got some stuff to talk about. So th this is going to be a good one. Man. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll get right into uh, the game that happened yesterday, uh, the away match against uh, TFC. Uh, uh, Matt, we'll just go right into it. Your thoughts on the uh, the match, how it started, and things like that. Yeah, well, it certainly did not start well at all. Uh, that was one of the worst halves I think the Fires played in quite some time, uh, with the exception of the first half against uh, Seattle. Um, the second half, completely different story. I'd love to see can everyone come together, really uh, really get momentum going from that goal, from CJ's goal at the end of the first half. Um, but, you know, Toronto's a good team to go to that stadium and get a point on the road. It's something very impressive, um, you know. So I, had the, you know, I think it's the first time the Fire had won there since like 2015 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they go on the road, get a point there against a very good Toronto FC team. Um, you know, take this momentum to Friday's game against Vancouver. I'm pretty happy about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, to take four points off of New York Red Bull and Toronto, that that's pretty good. Well, and before those two matches, we're, we're saying like, if we lost those, uh, these, those last two matches, people are talking about Pono potentially being sacked. And, um, so, yep. like, to get the four points against these two, uh, you know, quality opponents, it's 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 a step in the right direction. And, you know, we haven't Absolutely. talked too much about the game yet. We're still just talking about the general result. Um, but even though it was a draw, I'm not trying to be negative here. There's st It's still – they were lucky to draw. I mean, uh, man, I think you got the stats in front of you. What did they have? They had, like, 25% possession the whole match, correct? Yes. Uh, I'm pull it up right now. That's uh, a lot of chasing. It's, like, 29% possession, which is honestly awful. So, come on, Matt. There we go. All right, so the Fire had 29% possession, uh, seven shots, three on target. Uh, they committed 14 fouls. Toronto had five. Um, honestly, like, the Fire had – Toronto had so many opportunities to win this game. It's not even yes. funny. Yeah. Um, yes, they did. 
they had more shots on target than we did on goal, um, than we did all together. Um, they committed half of the, almost more than, less than half the fouls that we did. Um, we had five corner kicks. I mean, just so many opportunities for them to really take advantage of mistakes the fire are making, but, you know, nothing there for them. But, you know, we're not here to talk about them, we're here to talk about us. And the fact that the fire still get a point off of something like that is something to be positive about. But, you know, you have to, the concern here is the lack of possession, the lack of shots that they had compared to their opponents. That's not something you want to bring into, you know, games in the future here. No, no, and uh, I, I, you definitely wonder if there's a little bit of luck involved here. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm coaching my uh, my own team right now, and I always say, hey, girls, first 15, 20 minutes, when you have the momentum, you got to put the game away and make it easier for you. Toronto didn't do that. Um, and sometimes you take one shot and you score, and that's kind of what happened with the fire with uh, with C.J. Sapal, who's been amazing, by the way. What a yeah, snag he's definitely, been. Definitely our signing of the offseason, for sure. And um, and Nico got a goal today. I know we'll talk about that later. But uh, the fire got lucky. I I know we're supposed to be talking about the game a little bit, but yeah, just just, just looking. This is like our initial thoughts. Just of looking the game. forward, um, sure. it's con- I'm concerned. I mean, because again, we just use the word luck, and we're, they're lucky to get a point from this match. And twenty, I believe, it was twenty nine percent possession. Um, the passing success rates for most of the lads were not very good. Um, so it, it, it's it's just kind of concerning. You can see the writing on the wall. You know, it's unsustainable to be playing like this and try to get three points, one points. Um, you know, the, 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 yeah. there's some good players there. But, you know, the back line, is like it's been the story of the season, is, is in shambles. And then we have a coach that, you know, you really don't understand what tactics he's trying to run. So um, those two things right there, just Pono's tactics, lack of tactics, and that back line. It's just, um, it just really seems like the season's still going to be a slog. Even though it's positive, we got four points out of these last two matches. It's just, again, I just think it's unsustainable. Uh, by the way, smash that like button for us. Subscribe and like for, uh, for more Spitting Fire YT. Uh, support your local podcast. Support Fred Huebner, who's always talking about Chicago Fire on the radio. Just saying, you know, if, call call into the fire. Just saying all these guys, if you're listening to us, call in, talk about the fire, recommend podcasts to your friends. And get people talking about the fire. That how else are we going to spread the fire? And we'll get into more about rebranding and potential all that kind of stuff later. But uh, just want to get that out of the way. And I think that there's signs of both. both there's good signs and bad signs. We, there's they got four points from two of the better teams in MLS. Yeah. But they also how they went about it was egregiously ugly. Was not good looking soccer and does not does not look like it bodes well long term. Um, yeah, long term, you can't be playing like this, um, at all. Um, if the Fire are going to do this against teams like, I don't know, I can't even think. I mean, any good team. Any good team. Atlanta's not playing well this year either, but, you know, think of like some of the other teams in MLS are going to, they're going to capitalize on these mistakes. And the funny thing is, the Fire could have honestly taken a 3-1 lead. Um, I forgot who had a chip over the bar. It was very, very close. Um, I believe it was like the 70th minute or so, right before Toronto scored their goal. I believe it was actually the possession right before. And uh, unfortunately, you know, just wider than that. But, uh, um, you know, the fact that the Fire can have that little possession but convert on their chances is definitely a positive. But, you know, you definitely want to see them put more shots on target, really kind of control the game, you know, get controlled, you know, just control the other team. It's just. That's essentially where I'm looking at. This is a great this is a great comment right here. Nelson Sashpano Pano seemed to get the best available I'm I'm assuming player 
and try to shoehorn them into a team. They need to decide their style, then get their players that's fit, not the best available. I, yes, the, uh, I was on a few weeks ago, and it said all, like, where's the email from Pono to Nelson that says, striker, big, strong, fast, you know, the, 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 the traits they're looking for, the acumen he's looking for, the, the style of play. It takes one email. Hey, my wingers, I want strong, pacey wingers that can go up. Well, how about a center back that's over six foot? And that was what really got taken advantage of by Josie Altidore over this uh, this past game. And, um, I mean, I want to get into it. Let's kind of start with the – maybe we go into the game a little bit here and talk about that first quarter, that first 25. So the fire just looked overran, looked underwater for that first point. 20 seconds in, Mavika goes down, gets knocked down by Sapong, and was down for a little bit, a little concerning, but he got back up. But Sapong. Sapong, just beast mode from the start. He's been amazing. Uh, There was a chance from a set piece, first five minutes. Uh, Toronto are just controlling. Mm -hmm. Um, I got 10 minutes in, two half chances from from Toronto. Really not much from the fire. And then Katai, uh, he he was showing pops all day. He was looking really good. Um, Definitely was one of our better counterattacking guys coming out. But that really was it. It was just like... It, it, was like good, it was good to see him kind of go back to his form from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching some highlights from a couple of games last year on Friday night uh, with my buddy Steve. And uh, we uh, one of the things that we noticed was how well Katai was on those counterattacks. And uh, you definitely saw a little bit of that yesterday. And that's really that's kind of all we had last year. And then he kind of, you know, I don't know what if he was a shoulder in the load and he kind of just fell off. Well, he was playing and, for a long time. And, and, and you know, other teams can just key in on that. And really, that's all you saw yesterday was Katai, the Katai counter. Well, no Frankowski. So. No Frankowski. So, again, it's just, yeah. it's just, yeah, that first 10, 15 minutes. I mean, what do you really expect? I mean, they're away. Uh, Toronto is going to have the momentum, right, just naturally being at home. And unfortunately for us, they couldn't put one in a uh, way in the first 15 minutes. Speaking of Frankowski, did you have an update on Frankowski? I saw something from uh, – uh, So I was told he was getting an MRI. I didn't. Um, yeah, he's out for six weeks. Yeah, um, Marty confirmed on Twitter that he will be out for six weeks. Um, I mean, I believe that's true. Oh, um, so that that. It really sucks, but, uh, you know. And no but, Raheem, too. Yeah, uh, he's out for a while. I mean, the Fire definitely plagued with injuries right now. Uh, you know, it's going to take some of these bench guys to step up, and I think they will. And, you know, some of our more younger players that we got. But, uh, um, yeah, I did. that is true. Um, that he, did, he got an MRI yesterday. I uh, actually found that out during the game. Uh, he is going to be out for six weeks, according to Marty. I have no reason to doubt Marty. He's usually pretty good with his sources. And uh, I just think that's what, you know, that's what we're looking at here. He's out for six weeks. And, you know, hopefully he comes back strong because he really hasn't been the player that we wanted him to be when he signed initially. You know, playing for the Polish national team and everything, um, I think that he needs to really step it up after he gets back from this injury and, uh, you know, really just kind of take control and be the player that they, they, you know, they signed him for. And we'll see how Gaetan, you know, as he gets integrated more, yeah. um, you know, once he gets integrated more and Frankowski's back, We'll see what that uh, what that looks like with Katai up there. So uh, 13 minutes in, I got fire chance. Katai to Dax, chip. Maybe that was the chip you were talking about. Um, no, that was yeah. later. Oh, that was later? But yeah, Kat- that was later. Okay, yeah. so that's later. But Katai to Dax, chip. Half chance created. Uh, looking for that back post run from Sapong, but the goalie got it. Uh, Pozuelo started to drop deeper to escape the pest that is Mo. Uh, but uh, 14 minutes, Mo shuts him down anyway. It just kept, Mo just kept shutting down Pozuelo almost all game. Pozuelo did end up with an assist, 
at some point, but really Mo was was knocking him off this game most of the game, I thought. What would you guys think? Yeah, um, Mo Adams really stepping it up. You know, they were initially going to send him out on loan um, to Lansing, I believe it was, or Memphis, um, one of the two. We've sent so many of our players out to the USL. Hard to keep track of it now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, good to see Mo really stepping up, really earning his spot. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do, you know, stepping up with all these injuries that we're having and uh, being, you know, solid force out back. Um, I don't know what you guys my, my thing with Mo is it's kind of confusing. Playing Mo and Dax is confusing to me just because when it comes up to the buildup of play and pos- the, uh, play- possession out of the back and um, let me re- uh, back up. Building out of the back in possession, you know, when you guys have Dax like and uh, and Mo, um, not to uh, you know talk bad about their you know offensive skills, Mo has improved. But think about what's you know with our possession stats, twenty nine percent. So there's a reason that we're struggling. And you know, I, I like Dax, I like Mo, but when you have two defensive minded players, um, it's just not going to help that build up in the possession that we want to see from the fire. I thought that maybe Georgie might be a better shot back there. And actually, I don't know what Georgie did too much yesterday in the game. He was he wasn't super. He had actually maybe besides Sapong, he was he was he he had some chances. He created some good crosses and some good passes. But I think that Ponovich is not putting Georgie right now in the position maybe he needs to be in to succeed and maybe to help this. I don't know if he's going to be the guy, like the top U.S. guy that, you know, everyone's expecting to be like a DeMarcus Beasley or something like well, that. And not as a number 10. I think, you know, he's got to be in that number 8 Eights, and you throw, yeah. and that's where Dax comes out and you leave Mo in. I, I, honest, Dax. Yeah, I agree. I honestly, I like, I like the guy, but I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Matt, but I wonder if, if, if you start seeing Dax minutes start diminishing, I mean, what is, I just don't really see what, Dax, I just Dax don't see well it. Yesterday, I thought, um, he played well against Red Bull too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two games were not great at all. Um, he was very bad. But, um, I mean, you know, Dax is getting up there. Um, you know, his fitness is probably, you know, what, isn't what it was a couple of years ago, obviously, when he was a star with Red Bull. But, uh, you know, I still think he's got the fight in him that a lot of players don't. He's definitely a great leader out there. Um, that incident where Katai got involved with that little scruff with uh, um, Josie, I think I forgot what minute it was. Oh, yeah, I wrote that down. That uh, I, I got it all – I watched it all happen, but go on. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I don't want to move too, jump too far ahead, but the only guy that jumped in there in the fire to help him out was Dax. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's it's good to see as a leader on that team as a guy who's going to step in and stick up for his teammates. And that's something that you really can't buy in a transfer window. Yes, uh, totally agree. And that's know. why it's hard to take Dax out. Yeah, definitely. But it just goes back to that comment that um, a fan made earlier. It, it just seems like, you know, these we the opportunity comes to acquire a player like Dax or Janino, and again, or Mo Adams, and they're very similar in their play style. And then uh-huh. you just, you, you know, you just jam them into the, the lineup. Them. And it's just it's just weird and it's just muddled in the tactics and that's why it just it just doesn't look right. All right, let's get, we'll break it back in. Uh, Fifty minutes, fire get their first extended possession. Uh, they're passing, looking like they're expecting their fellow guys to do something different than they're going to do. They're kind of shouting at each other, but it was their first time that they really had the ball. They looked confused, but a little clunky. Goes back to uh, Toronto, and then I wrote here: twenty minutes in, it's seventy-five percent possession to Toronto. To uh, to twenty five percent possession to Chicago, and that would bear out for the rest of the match. Mm-hmm. 
And that's wow. 20 minutes in. That's a lot of, that's a lot of chasing. <laughs> really, it really kind of set the tone for what we'd see later in the game. But, uh, um, yeah, first 20 minutes in the fire, not great. Not really, nothing really. I don't know. Just like not, not a lot going on in my opinion. Um, it's just more in, the good is more individual efforts. Like we brought yeah. up Katai. Again, it's just Katai, you know, just playing some hero ball. Mo shutting down. Mo shutting down. And this, that's what we saw in, what was it, 2017. It was just uh, individual talent stepping up and not necessarily a system or a set of tactics. I'll, I'll get into the Lararia uh, headbutt. That was, it was all taken out of hand. Anyway, um, but I got it all. I watched it pretty closely. And I saw, I'll break it down for everybody. Toronto possessing deep in the fire zone, and they were possessing deep in the fire zone all game. There was essentially a 20 by 20 yard box in the finals in the fire's final third on the right flank, specifically where Gukjar was. Uh, that he was basically, they were letting crosses and, and anything you wanted to do as a Toronto player, you could do on that right side. They were having crosses, they were dribbling. Josie was taking on Gujar. Every single player almost was taking on Gujar on the dribble on that right flank. Not to pile it on Gujar, who I thought had a great pass and had some decent passing, but defensively he was he was left out on an island to the point where it was it was a huge and the heat map shows it that they just started focusing all their attack trying to go on that right side and getting those crosses into Josie and then paired with Marcelo and Johan who are struggling with. Going against those uh, a, a Josie type strike uh, striker, mm-hmm. it hits yeah. the goal. It was it, it was chance of Palooza. And add 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 when Schweinsteiger when he plays in the back, mm-hmm. we we sit so far deep in front of our in our own half because Schweinsteiger wants the ball. We try to build out of the back. So that's when you see people start complaining about Marcelo's passing percentage, Guchar's, um, Kapelhoff's. Going forward, they're not very good. And every time, I know people want to see, well, some people want to see Schweinsteiger back there, but that's why I don't want to see uh, Bastian back there because our possession, our field position just drops and becomes so deep and so stagnant that we can't really build. Um, so, you know, you saw people pick on Guchar, and when you sit, especially with the Chicago Fire, when they sit in front of our, their own goal, mm-hmm. you know, the other teams are saying thank you. They are fine <laughs> with that because then they can push <laughs> their, they can, they can push their lineup high, pin them in, and wait for Schweinsteiger, Marcelo, Gucha, or anyone, Mo or Dax, to make a mistake, and then they can counter and score. So, it, it, great point. I just don't really like the Schweinsteiger at center back thing still, but, you know, that's just I me. mean, the problem with, like, the lack of depth that we do have, at those positions, um, you know, it, nothing's going to be perfect. Honestly, a lot of MLS teams have to face this problem too. Um, yeah, I mean, not even MLS. When you look all around the world, you know, I'm a big Liverpool fan. They had to deal with this a couple of years ago too. Um, but now, you know, I mean, obviously with Virgil Van Dyke, they got their guy. But you know, there's only so many Virgil Van Dykes out there. We were saying, well, was it Martin Skirtle and Dejan Lovrendez? Is we that what you're referring yeah, to? Oh we were God. saying that man, we're man, you guys, and we were saying that man, you have to go get McGuire two seasons ago. We were saying this, like, yeah. But it said it's just the center back, the center back and outside back, the lack of resources that have went into those positions. It doesn't make any sense. It's like Nelson wants to throw numbers up top and forward. But, like, that's not how you build a true team. That's not how you build a winner. Right, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I mean, if they're going to develop some sort of – they're going to do something. One of these guys is just going to have to stop and be like, like, I'll be our center back. Like, just they just work off – you know, work their butt off, um, you know, just become the player that they need to be for that position. 
And uh, it's just going to take a leader to step up and do that. That's Basti, right? Yeah, but Basti's he's done at the end of this year. I mean, I'm talking like long term. Yeah, and Basti is done. We'll get into that. We'll talk about that later because I know you've got some ideas or, or at least some things about that. Uh, but I saw that Marty tweeted that Basti's a top 10 center back in this league. Do you guys agree with that sentiment? You're, yeah, I don't think the ML, I don't think MLS has a lot of good center backs in it. Not a lot of good defenders in MLS. So uh, yeah, it's a short it's a short list. Yeah, I mean, if you're a good defender, you're going to go abroad. Um, and you know, you see how much teams are willing to pay for a good defender. We're full breaking that transfer fee with Van Dyke. Yeah, spending all that money on him. It takes money to get a good defender, and then MLS teams aren't going to spend big money on defenders. They're going to just try to just throw some guys back there, and that's why the league is where it is right now. Um, in my opinion, um, let's see, yeah. Sorry, I'm off the Cubs at the point. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, you know, MLS isn't going to spend money, big money on on uh, defensive players. No. They want to get uh, star players who are going to be up top, who have a big name for themselves, and who are going to sell tickets and jerseys. Um, that's you- just essentially where MLS is at right now. And, uh, you know, I really can't think of anyone. I mean, I really can't think this of anyone. This is any- a great comment. Is top ten center back for his top four center mid? Well, is Basti a top ten center mid in MLS? Hold on, or top ten center back? I don't, think he's top, I don't think he's top four center mid. I definitely think he's top four center back. Well, my my thought process, my thoughts on him being a center back because I definitely he does check he does check a lot of the boxes. But one of the most important traits of a true center back is just being that physical brute and just winning he's physical balls. But it, it, you saw him struggle against someone like Josie, and so he's well. Really Josie's down. big, but he, he, I, I a center back supposed to be. Yeah, Biden. I think I, I give. I would give Boston a B really yesterday. Well. I, was, I um, gave him a B yesterday. I think, it was I think Cap that got burned. Cap Josie, Cap and Marcelo were getting burned a lot. Yeah. Basti got burned maybe once or twice, but he also did some burning himself. Uh, I really thought Basti held his own like yesterday. He was definitely the maybe the best fire center back. <laughs> yeah, very well so. Oh, where are we at in the we're game? The, games? We're first, first 25 minutes. Fire, we're very poor. Not much from the fire. Let's move on real quick. Toronto holding the ball. The Mo half. just keeps shut. Yeah, let's get to the half. Mo shuts down Pozuelo. Uh, fire are starting to sluggishly defend. Toronto getting deep in their zone and just starting to just fire crosses off from the right side specifically, which is where Guchar was. Uh, there it is. Uh, 30 minutes. Pozuelo cross from outside the box. Gets off. It gets it off pretty quick. Josie beats everyone to the fire back post. By the way, I gotta say, Osted had a pretty great game, though. Just, I love. Yeah, he's I been good. Uh, yeah. This goal was not on Osted. Uh, it was more so on jo- oh. on on Kapelhoff and Marcelo losing track of of Altador, uh, who just nodded it in. I mean, any sport you gotta look at. You know, a goalkeeper. I mean, you know, you look at hockey too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people, Blackhawks fans, like to put blame on Corey Crawford every time he gives up a goal. That's not necessarily his fault. When your defenders leave you hanging out to dry, of course you're going to let up a goal when it's two on one and it's one on one. The chances for the offensive player are so high, especially soccer. You know, it, it, you, know you know, that's why penalty kicks are so strong. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, those, those chances are so high, and that's essentially what we're looking at here with you know that goal yesterday. Kapelhoff leaving out to hung out to dry. Um, there's only so much a goalkeeper can do when he's all by himself. Um, yeah. Uh, Georgie gets another great ball to CJ. CJ does. Heads it across goal and fizzles into it a corner. Uh, Toronto Bono is doing okay. 
And then what? We it's such a weekend fast for here. Then we we got uh Klopa saying the fire just looks static, recipe for disaster, fire absorbing a lot from to pressure from and then, Toronto. And that's what happens Katai. when Schweinsteiger plays at center back. That's Katai. what we said. They just sit and they just sit and it's just it's Okay, easy. thank you. Katai uh, has been dangerous in transition, has gotten hasn't gotten the ball very much. Klopa saying that Toronto could be doing a lot more if they're going outside more often. Uh, Katai on the break again, creates a half chance, uh, forcing Mavinga into a risk, risky play. Katai had a good game yesterday. Uh, Toronto talking crap to Katai. All of a sudden, okay, so here's the Katai. Uh, here's oh, the yeah. moment. Uh, Katai and Bradley work it out, actually, after the play. They worked it out. They, they were talking. Um, the replay shows that it came from a totally accidental bump. Katai just basically turned, and right at the same time as Moore was running up behind him, Katai totally did. You could tell. Didn't even mean to run into him. Yeah, but, absolutely. They bumped each other, and then all of a sudden, Lorea inserted himself into the picture and got right up in Katai's face, was yelling at him. Katai put his forehead to Lorea's forehead, and and Lorea pushed his pushed him off with it. Wasn't like a headbutt, but they were they were the heads were together. They pushed him off. Uh, Lorea kind of head shoves him away. They get separated, but a semi scuffle ensues. Josie enters, and all of a sudden, it's causing a little bit more yelling. But then after that, Katai, Bradley, they seemed to work it out. And then Katai and Larea were booked. But then afterwards, they also seemed to work it out and were talking and explaining it to each other. So it seems like Cooler Heads eventually did prevail. Absolutely. Um, I just thought the whole thing was unnecessary. I don't know why Katai got a yellow card. I mean, you look at you look at replay footage, Josie very clearly pushes Katai. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he really wanted to, he could have. Katai could have easily just fallen over and drawn some sort of foul mm-hmm. or some sort of you know BS you know penalty or something like that. I don't know, but um, in my opinion, I think the whole thing was like very unnecessary. You know, as you guys are saying, yeah. there was no need for you know extra pushing and shoving to happen. It was an accident. These things happen all the time in the league. In fact, there's more things that have happened that are a lot worse than this when it comes to you know a little pushing and shoving match. And that was a pretty, that did get aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, that they got very aggressive. It wasn't just people fighting. It was, you know, it, it got into it. You look at Dax trying to separate the whole thing, you know, showing his leadership, his experience with the national team, talking to his buddy Josie. Um, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, he was the only guy on the team who actually went to go help out Katai, which I thought was a little strange. Mm. But um, I'm not know. surprised. I'm not surprised. But I was, I was, this is me just being speculation, but I always thought Katai seemed to be just an outcast, just with, just with, with his body language. Yeah, know, field. I, I, I see, I, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, he just doesn't, see, he, he seems, he just seems like a very quiet guy. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so play gets on, should be a lot of extra time. Toronto get it deep, Larry gets another shot off. I, here's where I postulated. I wonder if Basti gets bored back in defense, and sometimes that causes him to like just run, rush uh, out and make yeah, a little crazy uh, play. Um, I know I would if I were him. <laughs> yeah, so would I. So Toronto's been controlling, and then all of a sudden it's the 45th minute, and uh, uh, Gujar cuts off of, cuts off the pass and just lays off a beauty of a of a of a of a deep ball, long ball, a long ball, and then CJ with an incredible first touch sells yeah. it. Chips the goalkeeper. It's one one going into halftime. That, that's been a theme, isn't this? Like the third goal that the Fire scored this year, with like in the forty fifth minute. Or no, that's their, minute, that was their right? first goal in the first half this season. Oh really? Yeah, but I, I, oh, I think boy. a few has come. <laughs> I know. I think a few has come in the ninetieth minute at least, or you know. I know CJ's done that. I think the first home. Yeah, game. CJ did that before with the last few minute. Yeah, match, right. It's amazing how well CJ's played this year. Um, I mean, you look at his stats last year; he was not good at all. 
Um, I think he has more goals this year so far than it is full time in Philadelphia, which is pretty funny. Um, you know, it's just the curse that the fire has in the union, I guess. You know, David Akam going there, once he only have like three goals since he signed for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you look at a guy like CJ comes here, instant success right away. Being the player that we knew CJ Sapong was back when he was a stud, um, you know, in his previous St. Louis or Kansas City? Uh, yeah. And isn't he playing out of position? What is Pono playing him? Like a whoa, he's yeah. a winger in the four two three one. He's right? not even playing in his prime position. They're not playing anyone in their position now. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we made it to halftime, boys. Goodness. Uh, Pono uh, gets uh, interviewed. Does not sound happy with the execution, but likes the fight show. Personally, uh, it, well, he seemed to be struggling to find the right words, and I did not really get a boost of confidence from hearing no. what he said. But that was just me. I'm not a player in the locker room. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Pono, I mean, I, I mean, if we want to get into Pono, um, I mean, Let's, one of the yeah. things that people like to bring up is, you know, if, if he leaves, who do you bring in? Um, one of the ideas that I was uh, throwing around by, uh, with some guys was uh, uh, someone suggested bringing Klopas to be an interim manager if they get rid of him. Um, you know, they saw what he did with Montreal. I, I love Frank Lopez personally. I think he's a great guy. I don't trust him with this team long term. He'd be a great interim manager, kind of get like lighting a fire under their, these guys' butts yeah, and uh, you know, sure. really getting everyone going, and then really taking time to determine who would be the best person to bring in long term. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you get rid of Pono, who do you bring in? You know, Pono's a great option. A lot of teams would be very thrilled to have a guy like Pono. Very true. He's a great recruiter. Yep, with his experience, um, you know, he's. He got the team over to Madrid this summer. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, really talked about a lot, but, you know, one of the things that I talked with Brand about was how cool it was to go to some of these big facilities in Spain, Real Madrid, uh, the Spanish national team facility, being able to play against a team like Atletico in a friendly, um, you know, that's some things a lot of MLS teams don't have the ability to do. Well, they played against Bayern last year, and that was thanks to Basti coming. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, that was also thanks to Ponovic, Recruiting Basti. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. In my opinion, you know, Ponovic's European connection is awesome. It's definitely necessary and it's very beneficial to have on this team right now. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think they should keep him around. I, I like Ponovic. I really do. Um, as long as the players in the locker room are happy, don't have anything to complain about, I say keep him around. But, are, uh, are the players happy? Um, I, I think so. Um, I, I don't really. You know, when I when I talk to them, I really don't. Uh, you know, I try not to you know get too in depth yeah. with it, just because you know it's their job. Who wants to talk about work when you're not at work? <laughs> exactly. But, uh, um, I mean, I haven't heard anything too bad about Ponovic. Um, but uh, I, in my opinion, I think uh, you know, I think his experiences and again, you know, his European connections that you've, you've talked about are you know something that the fire are you know very much benefiting from. Um, in my opinion, he still needs to learn how to play players in the right position. Um, but, you know, you can only take so much with what you have. And, uh, you know, we'll see We'll see what happens these next couple of weeks here. Um, you know, right now, things are certainly pointing up in the right direction. Um, you know, other than the Seattle game, but, uh, you know. The, I mean, the question, though, is tactically, I mean, he's gotten points out of the last few games, but still that – that dreadful game I wrote right here in my halftime assessment. This is one of the harder games to watch for the fire this season. The fire just looked like they're drowning. 
75 possession percent possession given up some stuff on the counter through Katai and Georgie. Uh, they showed some things, but doesn't seem like they're going to get a win from this match is what I wrote here at halftime. Uh, it's tied at the moment, but for how long? Not sure what you guys thought. Um, yeah, that first half was really tough. Um, that goal at the end of it kind of made things seem a little bit better. Um, you know, just kind of forget all the bad soccer that was played in that first half. But in my opinion, um, you know, if that goal doesn't come, you know, I think we're having different conversation today. Jiggly um, says we don't need possession. We just needed to counter better. We absolutely need possession. You can't. Yeah, you have, can't. No, you can't. the soccer team wants to have, you know, 30% possession the whole game. You're going to get exhausted. You're defending, just chasing. Defending You're just chasing the whole game. You know, a, a big, sometimes what happens with, um, with teams is soccer is, it's so, um, field orientated. And sometimes when you don't trust your back line, you know, you just get comfortable sitting and you work, you work, you work, you win it, you play long ball, and then you don't get up, and numbers don't get up. And that's really what I saw is they just they just really don't trust that back line. So they work, they work, they get the ball. Hopefully, Katai can do something. If not, okay, they're going to keep four or five numbers back, and they're going to try the counter again. Uh, my, my question is, why did was it 75% possession to 25? What were they outclassed? No, they just sit. They, were, just, sit, they just sit. Yeah, you can't just sit back and – you can't just sit back and like hope that you don't let up goals. I mean, that's 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 not good. It's not good for any sports team to just sit back and be, you know, you know, looking behind your shoulder the whole time. Imagine being a basketball team and just <laughs> and any sport. Yeah, any sport. How right? do you win the game in basketball if you don't outscore the other team? Yeah, you could defend more, but they have so many more shots than you. Or they're just going to outscore you. You can't rely on hoping that you're not going to give up any goals, right? right? No, no sports team can do that. You know, hockey, you can't do that. Um, you know, football, you can't. You know, just expect to give you know the other team tons of possession and hope that your defense just stops them. Um, you can't. Baseball, kind of different. I mean, you can't. You know, just be like, oh, we'll just score all these runs, and you know, like what the Cubs are doing right now, and you know, if the bullpen doesn't figure it out. So, what I mean, you know, with soccer, what I'll get back to is like. You know, if you're gonna play, you know, if you're gonna play counterattack, you know, soccer, you know, that's fine. But you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want the fire to do that. I don't think anyone wants them to do that. I want to see this team uh, really control possession of the game. Um, I want to see them, you know, really establish possession. I want to see them really just form plays, um, and you know, make sure that we're not just you know trying to catch a guy off guard. And, you know get a goal that way because that's not going to be beneficial because teams are going to figure that out right away and they're not going to win games. Uh, uh, so, uh, so what I wrote down to is the high wire act is back. And I mean, when, when you're doing that counter attack, that that's uh, not possession style, uh, like your guys are saying. Well, so well, well, let me just say something. Pep, Pep, Pep wants to play offense and defense in the opposition's half. Mm-hmm. Right, his 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 uh, thought process is a. When you win the ball, you're just closer to the goal you need to score on. And b. The opposite. When you lose the ball, the opposition has you know 60, 70 yards to travel with the ball. And when you just sit in front of your own half and you lose it, and they only have twenty yards to move, it's not good. And you know, going back to what Matt was saying about how you know maybe they're relying on the counterattack uh, to score a little bit too much. Where have the set pieces been? For Pono's tenure, I mean, corners, um, dead balls. I mean, it's just been non-existent. And for a team that struggles to score, set pieces and set pieces That's are an point. easy thing 
to practice. I mean, look at what happened in the World Cup. I forgot what the percentage is. But Germany. The, 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 it was crazy how many goals are scored off corner kicks. Yeah. Um, the Fire definitely need a true corner kick taker. Um, I think, uh, you know, Jordy, they were trying to have him do that. He really hasn't been great. Um, you know, I don't see why Bossy isn't the guy doing this um, day in and day out. For sure. Um, in my opinion, this is definitely something that the Fire definitely need to work on, definitely need to capitalize on. Because when you get these opportunities, they don't come often. And uh, the Fire definitely need to take advantage of those. Uh, so, guys, did the fire, were they outworked yesterday? Um, I'm not um, so sure. I don't know about outworked. Outpossessed, um, yes. Outcoached? Um, no, I wouldn't say, out, I don't, I wouldn't say outcoached. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. So, what sometimes I tell my girls is sometimes you don't have to work harder, you have to work smarter. And, and that's definitely, you know, working smarter and working harder are two completely different things. And, you know, working smart is really going to make someone successful. And that's really what the fire needs to you know, do right now is just work smarter. Um, if you're, if you're, if your defense is your weakest link, it makes all the sense in the world to play a higher line, you know, put a few long balls in and press the other team's outside backs and goalkeeper and make them travel 80 yards to go score instead of sitting in, in, in front of your net. And I know I'm, I'm bringing this up again, but we got to get that line up. It just doesn't make any sense just to sit. Uh, Slow Day says they were outcoached. Toronto have a coach playing style. Chicago do not. Chicago is a tournament. Uh, Ponovich is a tournament coach. Yeah, that's definitely a fair criticism of Ponovich um, when it comes to his managing style. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, um, I, I think that Ponovich could really take that sort of tournament experience and turn it into a, you know, a full-time experience and develop these guys. Um, it, it is a bit of a different, you know, sort of approach that he has to take. Um, you know, going from the Serbian national team and really kind of you know, taking these young kids and being like, hey, you know, play for the pride of the country. Um, you know, I'm sure you know, can bring up political messages and, um, you know, proving yourself against some of the big giants of the world uh, compared to, you know, coaching guys who are experienced, like a Schleinsteiger, like a Dax McCarty. Um, and, you know, treating these guys like adults and not like kids. Um, I mean, I think it's just a very interesting point that needs to be made. Um, another thing that I think needs to talk about with Ponovich, and this was kind of brought up last year, uh, is him becoming the potential next manager of the Serbian national team. Um, I, I think there could be a situation where we do lose Ponovich because he does go back to Serbian coaches the national team. Yeah. And you really can't blame him. That's a great job to have. Um, I know from personally speaking, uh, I'd rather coach a national team than a club team. Um, especially if you don't have to deal with signings or anything like that. You just focus on one team, and that's coaching, you know, coaching, right? Oh, heck yeah. You don't have to do any recruiting. All you got to do is motivate players. You dedicate all of your time into really, uh, you know, uh, just setting up a solid lineup. It's almost like a NBA coach versus NCAA coach kind of thing. Oh, yeah, right? or NFL NCAA, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, boys, uh, we've gotten to halftime here. Let me actually just kind of yeah, whiz, run through. through Let's just run through this second half here. 
Uh, uh, so no, 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 we're getting there. We're just kind of because there's so much to talk about. We kind of want to get to the juicy stuff anyway. So right here, a uh, bit uh, first minute in the biggest save, uh, save of the week from Ustad from Ousted or Ustad, um, uh, on what should have been a sure goal from Altador. Uh oh, did we lose you? You're back. I lost you guys. You're back. You're back. All right, good. Uh, I was just saying. So, um, what was I just saying? Oh, big save, huge save of the season, or save of the week, basically from Ostead. Amazing on, on the sure goal from Altidore. And once again, the chances, the crosses are just coming in from Gujar's side. And some people said yeah. Gujar had a good game. I'm like, guys, you guys got to go watch that tape. Gujar was. And it was the number one weakest link on the fire yesterday, and that's where all of the Toronto attack was being focused upon. And I like Jeremiah; he's a good kid. I talked yep. to him at the. Um, Not to say he isn't a good kid, definitely. There's that luncheon thing. He really seems to have a good hat on his shoulders. Really seems to, you know, want to be here. He's very grateful. He's not taking anything for granted. And uh, you know, I he reminds me a lot of when I talked to Brant when Brant was first coming up. Uh, you know, not. You know, not being like, oh, cool, I'm a professional athlete at such a young age. But, you know, really just taking advantage of this opportunity and, you know, making the most of it. Are these guys making millions of dollars right now? No, you're making, you know, 50, 60 yeah. grand a year. They're but fighting you know, to stay in the league. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of these guys, uh, you know, if they can uh, really just kind of keep, you know, their attitude and everything together and, uh, you know, just keep continuing to work hard, not dwell on negatives and learn from your mistakes. I see a guy like Buchar being, you know, definitely a you know a guy for the future for this team. Definitely um, good for him to get minutes. Yeah, I would love to see him become a Jonathan Campbell type player. Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, Kapelhoff at right back. Uh, no. Going forward, no. Uh, I I, Kapelhoff has not been good this year. You know, after re-signing him, everyone's very excited. I was excited. I'm sure you guys were too. Um, I don't know a lot of Fire fans that were disappointed about it. He's been quite disappointing this year as a player, and it really stinks to see, especially, you know, because of the potential that we, you know, we've seen in him, um, you know, in years past. Oh, well, do you think that last year was really what maybe set him on this path, set him back? Because he's uh, last year, too. Or, but, but maybe it was thanks to that not having a true partner. Potentially. Um, maybe the league figured him out, too. Um Kind of like what happened with Nikolic. I feel like the league's kind of figured him out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Despite his goal yesterday. Let's get into Nico. Wait, real, real quick, I got uh, who scored ratings up. Kapelhoff was second to last with a 6.1. Dax oh. was last with a 6. Really? Yep. I think Dax played better than Guchar, and Guchar had like a good rating, but that's because he had an assist. The, the, these, these ratings are not. I don't know. They're not the great, the the greatest. What's that Audi index thing? No, this is not from who scored, but still, Dax. All right, okay. let me, let me Dax should be getting more than one tackle a game. All right, you're, you're, we'll, we'll say that. That's that's true. Uh, but here, 60 minute, uh, Georgie uh, gets fouled by Pozuelo. No, it's 57 minute. Gets fouled by Pozuelo. Pozuelo goes to yellow. A couple minutes later, Georgie finds Katai wide. Katai drives into the net. Uh, CJ flies into the middle, draws some attention, and Katai manages to find the overlapping Nico, who taps it in to finally get off the Schneid for the first mark of the season for him. Uh. And the go and the fire are now leading two to one, and the momentum just shifted that was on a very dime. Nikolic goal that he scored. Um, <laughs> he wasn't it. Yeah, we. I was, I was talking about this on, again on Friday. 
Um, I did a little live stream on Facebook on the Fire Discussion Group about how Nico goals are just these little dribblers that just kind of find their way to the back of the Guard back. Goals. And he celebrates them like he scored a forty-yard rocket from like you know, <laughs> like like something that you know you see on like a YouTube compilation yeah. of great goals. Garbage goals. That's my biggest problem with Nikolic is how kind of dramatic he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the fact that I remember when he first uh, was on the Fire, um, how he can never stay on side. <laughs> That was like one of his big things. That's a problem for a lot of good strikers. That tend, yeah, no, the best strikers in the world tend to be the most. Aguero led Premier League. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I mean, like, no, it's nice to see Nico get on get on board. But I, I, I think you're right in that a lot of the league has uh, figured it out. It's not garbage goals. Uh, Garbage goals are uh, what I mean by garbage goals. Is is you're in the right place at the right time? I just call them garbage goals. And you're there for the rebound. Yeah, you're there for his goal last week. Was a garbage goal. Um. Anyways. Uh, what was I just saying? Crap. You're talking about Nikolic, but hold on. Let me okay. let me get into. This. So, uh, Nikolic might not be here next year. Uh, I I thought I may have read. Is that true? Yeah, um, that is true. I think um, I, you know, it's definitely something that's been talked about quite a bit. Is if Nikolic will be here next year, just amongst fans. Um, I definitely think that his time in the fire has kind of run its course. Um, especially with how well CJ has been playing, and you know, the fact that we really don't need two guys up front like that. Um, you know, you can use those money and those resources for someone who's a little bit better. Um, uh, so apparently at the halftime, well, sorry, real quick. No worries. Halftime of the Cincy versus SKC game, ESPN is doing, uh, I think 12 men who's announcing it's going to do a discussion about the fire. Um, I'm definitely, we should probably turn that on. Yeah, dude, get that going. Uh, uh, get that going for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, she's going to say that the you know what? Yeah, we we do need to talk about that. I'm sure. We yeah, let's like okay. That. Let's fly through the last bit of the game. Uh, <laughs> let's fly. Uh, okay, Guchar wasn't doing too well. Blah blah blah. Gaitan come. Gaitan comes on. Didn't really do much. Need another thirty minutes. Uh, what right. do you guys think about Gaitan? I don't like him. I think he's a good player for us. Um, it was a great signing. All right, it's their halftime now. Yeah, monitor this because we definitely want to. Yeah, f- f- uh, end this game, James. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. 78, uh, uh, Bronico comes in for Dax, uh, Gaetan, largely invisible. Kelly postulates that there's a goal left in this game. Didn't turn out to be true. Uh, Marino makes his first appearance, comes out for Katai, game over. Wow, they somehow managed to get a point out of this. I don't I know how. I thought we were going to win that game with that little chip that they had. Oh, I didn't talk about the Toronto goal. I'm sorry. I did not talk about the Toronto goal. It just felt like it was coming. Uh, they're pos- Toronto just possessing so deep. Josie wastes Gujar on the on the wing and then finds Osorio. Nobody covering him on the back post. Wide open goal, two to two tie game. There it is. Yeah, um, <laughs> my prediction yesterday. I'm sorry, on Friday was going to fire going to draw this game two two. Um, I wish I was wrong. Um, I was right, but a point on the road is something <laughs> to hang your head on, in my opinion, um, especially against a very good team like Toronto, where the Fire have struggled in years past. Um, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not too upset. Um, it's not ideal. Welcome to the Audi Halftime Report. Sorry, yeah, turn this up. <laughs> that was really loud. Um, but uh, you know it, it is what it is. Uh, take the point. Point on the road. Draw on the road. Win at home. You're gonna be, be a playoff team. I will. Uh, uh, sorry to cut you off there, Matt. Uh, slow days is just uh, lighting up the comment uh, comment section, and I want to 
you know, uh, you know, read some of these because I, I actually tend to agree with him. Um, and he's talking about uh, Nico here. Um, strikers get offsides. We're going to talk about all that. Yes, I agree. I know people complain about that. Um, like we just talked about Aguero, okay, usually yes. the best strikers in yes. the world. Um, but with Gaetan coming in, I completely agree that I think Nico will benefit with Gaetan coming in because with a guy like uh, Katai, I think Katai has hurt Nico just because he's getting, he's getting fed the ball a lot and he's taking away some of his opportunities. And it's not like Katai is a true distributor. So he's really, I just don't think Katai and uh, Nico are compatible with Gaetan. You know, that might, you know, give Nico some of the opportunities that he's, he needs. If if, Twi- if Taylor starts going, let us know, and you can turn it up. I don't know. Listen I mean, to it. It's on the new uh, Minnesota Stadium. It's beautiful. Minnesota Stadium is uh, beautiful. Their baseball stadium is beautiful. Uh, let's briefly talk about how Soldier Field, they could have done a lot more. And I think you commented. Yeah, on that. I'm, not, man, I'm not a big fan of Soldier Field at all. Um, I mean, for, you know, talking about the Bears, not necessarily a great stadium. I was in Dallas over last week, mm-hmm. um, and I got to say, going to Cowboys Stadium, and I've been to I've been to two Atlanta United games. Man, those two stadiums are unbelievable compared to what we have. Um, you know, throw soccer out the window in terms of just facilities for the city. You know, to be able to hold Final Fours and concerts and Super Bowls and just so many you know events that you know we can't do here in Chicago. They really missed the ball on rebuilding Soldier Field. Yes, and uh, it, it's quite disappointing that uh, you know we have this. You know, the stadium in a great location, but you can't host anything at it because it's too small. Um, too small you look at the World Cup, they can, they can barely do any stuff for the World Cup. They rejected the World Cup. Rom didn't want the World Cup because it was security issues, and FIFA wouldn't play, pay for security also. Sure. Uh, You're exactly right, though, about Soldier Field. It, it is, it's just like, come on. Like, we, we, we deserve something better than that. Yeah. I mean, it's just. And the turf sucks there, too. It's, it's terrible. Bad and, and it's a, the the Soldier Field, the pillars. I mean, you know, you it's just like the historical luster is gone. It's just they could have easily rebuilt it to make it look like the original, but with you know more wind resistant sort of seating because the old one was not great for that. No, um, but uh, you know, one of the things I drew on uh, on um, when it comes to you know tarping off the stadium because they are going to have to put tarps up. Yes. You know, you look at a Seattle, even Red Bull had to put some up yesterday, and that was not a good look. They only had 5,000 fans or something, similar to the fires. Yeah, you know what? One thing that isn't being talked about right now is the struggling attendance of uh, a lot of, like, MLS teams. Dallas? Uh, I think a lot of leagues in general, MLB, Bay, uh, NHL, I mean, all these people are, are struggling, I think, more so in attendance. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of sports right now are people, you know, the sports right now isn't what it used to be in, like, the 90s and the 80s, um, even the early 2000s. Um, you know, people just aren't going to watch live sports that much anymore. Um, you know, there's so many other things for people to do now. So and, many Netflixes. There's other live sports that you're aware of. You know, I mean, just, like, and the amount that you're hit with this, too, that you're advertised. Come to the Cubs game. Come to the Wolves game. Come to the Bulls game. Come to the Bears game. Come to the Fire game. Come to the White Sox game. How many more games can yeah, you go this to? Summer, this summer, the Fire have to Major League Baseball teams, one that is, you know, one of the most, always constantly leads the MLB in attendance. The other is an up-and-coming team in the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, they're competing with minor league baseball teams, you know, uh, independent teams, Windy City uh, Thunderbolts. you got the Schaumburg team, 
Uh, the hot dogs. Um, you know, there's just there's so much going on in the city right now, and in the suburbs where you know where we're at, that you know people, you know, the fire have to put those uh, you know things into perspective. You know, I think what makes Cincinnati so successful and maybe in Atlanta so successful is the Atlanta fans, they wanted a winner. And they are, I think a lot of them are pissed that the Braves moved to Cobb County. It sounds like the fire talk's going on ESPN if you want to switch it over, by the way. I'm still on commercial break, but okay. um, definitely I'll, I'll be turning it up here in a minute. Yeah, we'll listen. We'll kind of like just listen to your feed when that happens. Yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, also you were talking about Texas Live. I saw that tweet of yours and, yeah, I, and then a, I looked it up. So, Sporting has one of these things too. It's like this company. They kind of make these like corporate-y sort of looking bars, but they're cool. And it's like a it's like a mall, but for bars and restaurants. It looked and, like it had, uh, a, it had a had a stage and with a band and like billions of TVs. Yeah, it looked they, so cool. If, if they had one of those by Soldier Field, I think it'd make a lot of money. They had and, one by Bridgeview. Uh, yeah, that'd be great too. If we stay there, all right. Let's see. Let's see what's going on here. Dramatic sounding percussion section. I'm not talking about it yet, but uh, you know, uh, let me jump in here. Uh, to, really? oh, 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 never mind. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about one of the issues of the week: murmurings, rumors. Can you guys hear it? Yeah. But Chicago uh, up for a rebrand, Chicago Fire, and also a move possibly to. Soldier Field, you've been in that uh, news hound mode. What have you done up? Yeah, I've done up a little bit. Uh, obviously, Paul Tenorio at The Athletic does a good job of uh, describing the relationship between Bridgeview, Chicago, He's Fire, cite my and, and Major League Soccer. The deal is not finalized 100%. And it's open as the paper. That deal, I, I think the celebration needs to come down. But secondly, and more importantly, there's this internal discussion of whether or not Soldier Field is not only the Band-Aid, it's the fix. And that's where I completely 100% disagree. And this conversation of, well, look at what Sporting Kansas City did. The Illits don't get enough credit because they didn't just slap a new name on it and put it in a new stadium. The infrastructure in Kansas City from top to bottom is exponentially better than what Chicago has done. So while it's huge, True. massive, if they get out of Bridgeview, because that would have been the 2036. John, it cannot, it's got to be the it cannot be the solution. Because the infrastructure in Chicago, that all needs to change, and it needs to be kind of like DC United. And what I mean by that is if Soldier Field, if you come out and say Chicago, that you know what, Soldier Field's there for three to five years, we're building a new stadium, then it's going to work. But you've got to reintroduce yourself to the city of Chicago. Yeah. You know how you do that? Sign Chicharito tomorrow. Yes, yeah. that's what we said! Yeah. You kidding me? Go bring in Chicharito. Go get Chicharito. The city of Chicago. Then it's a bridge of hope and not a solution of hope, but it cannot be a solution. They need their own stadium. Okay, so they're going to Bridgeview, so a bridge, and then to who knows where. Now, because of the game, we don't care actually since. All right. Sell, so, sell Nikolic today, get you Chicharito tomorrow, Chirito. right Chirito. now. We said this two years ago. Get right. it done. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's not rocket science. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Blanco had such an impact with the fire that, you know, attendance was crazy. They're putting in temporary seating, for God's sake. Um, you know, imagine that now. Um, if you sign Chicharito tomorrow, the fire will sell out every game. Oh, it's not out in my mind. Um, he's a name that the suburban crowd knows who likes soccer. You get the Mexican, you know, community coming out to games. 
He's just an instant impact name. By the um, way, thank you, Taylor, for having that. Dude, that's awesome that, that we could time that perfectly and have we talk about this. That. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, because uh, we could just break this down. Um, I appreciate that. I'm going to put the cup game back on. Yeah. But, uh, um, well, I think what he said was reintroducing – again, let's go back. Let's just, it's let's, a band Instead band. of talking about Chicago, let's just talk about United States. Soccer – is not popular in the United States. And then you go into Chicago, like we were talking about before the, that little segment, it, it's just convoluted with all these major sports teams that are in the limelight. And then we have a lot, Yeah, we have a lot to compete with. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's not just with soccer, but it's with, like, the Mackey teams. It's with EPL teams. It's with the Bulls. It's with the Blackhawks. It's with the... Uh, Cubs and the White Sox. He said, "Think about soccer. It's like people are like, oh, the Blackhawks rebranded. They, you know, they, they didn't have to rebrand. They brought in their attendance. You know, the Blackhawks had this previous image that people had. Um, you know, before they were bad, and before you and know, they go back to like the 1920s or 30s too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and a league that goes back almost 100 years too. Sorry to interrupt. The, the EPL and Liga MX thing is a big deal too, like you said, because there's no." Like Chicago people aren't watching, you know, the the Russian league. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Um, it is it is certainly interesting. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, I don't want the fire to rebrand. Um, a new logo, fine. It's like you know what that's. I'm honestly okay with that. I love this logo, but you know, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to branding. If they want something fresh, they're going to have to do something like that. Um, Let's break into it. I mean, seriously, right now, I, I wrote this down. The f uh, Nobody cares about the fire except us, the people yeah. who are listening to the show and a very, very small contingent of fans. You want proof? Who talks about them? Who talks about the fire? Nobody. No. Nobody. Nobody. Fred Hubner on the radio. That is all. That is it. And he only talks about him on the weekends when he's on the radio. Uh, nobody else talks about the fire. Nowhere else, not on TV, not on ESPN, not anywhere. Who goes to the games? A subset of 5,000 diehards in a city of 2.7 million and a market subset of 10 million. Nearly 10 million people in the greater city area of Chicago area wide. But 5,000 diehards on it. There's more people going to watch competitive chess matches on the lakeshore than going to fire games. Yeah. Nobody cares about this club. Yeah, that's and why, so that's why maybe says, a rebrand is necessary. Says, slow does says branding is not the issue here. Marketing is. Exactly. So is it rebrand? Is it branding? Is it marketing? But here's the other thing. The, the Blackhawks, all they had to do was put out a winner and, and point out, hey, we just got the top two studs in the draft. And and all of a sudden they want they're winning and all of a sudden they're winning a cup and all of a sudden everybody's going to the the Blackhawks game and then they're the number one attendance mark a unit in the NHL for the past six to seven years. Cool thing to do. They have to make going to fire games to become a cool thing to do. And it's not. You go to a Bulls game and even though they blow, it's still the coolest thing in the world because you hear the tune, you hear the Michael Jordan, and you get chills. I, I watch it on TV and I still get chills. But I also have a big connection to Michael Jordan. I'm sure you do too because we grew up yeah. in that age. Yeah. And so um, I honestly get chills when I hear the, the opening for the United Center or for the Bulls games. I'm like, oh my God. It, it's, the Bulls start playing and you get sad. <laughs> so, so anyway, so uh, – so marketing, marketing or is it branding? What do you guys think? I think that a new total new brand, it gets way more people behind the Chicago Fire. And the Fire, 
organization does not care about the 5,000 diehards. They would gladly trade those 5,000 diehards for 20,000 nameless, half-caring fans. And honestly, like, I don't blame them. Like, it stinks, but I, I don't blame them at all for that. It's, it's a business. Yeah. It's a business. And to keep the club afloat and to keep the fire afloat, this might have to happen. Uh, Jigga's got a great question, I think, too, though. If the rest of the city doesn't know who the fire is, then why should we change our name? We can still reintroduce ourselves. <laughs> uh, no, the SEO argument for Chicago Fire absolutely matters. It absolutely matters. So, yeah, um, they did not come up in the age of the Internet, and now they're below Chicago Fire TV. I, I also saw this posited. Does Section 8 have a similar issue? Because... When you think about Section 8, who thinks about Chicago Fire fandom, or are you thinking about low-income housing? Uh, Section 8 has some other issues that need to be addressed, and that's, you know, coming from the top down. Um, it's, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of... I don't want to bash Section 8 to do a lot no, of things. No, they do. But, they're one of the best things about the Chicago Fire fandom. Um, you know, the community's great, but when it comes to doing new things and um, kind of letting new things happen. Um, I don't know. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I think that they kind of need to look in the mirror with a lot of the ways that uh, they treat like new fans and uh, um, you know, just get more unique with it. Um, one group that really, they, they worry too much about things that don't matter um, then than they should. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at a group like Sector, um, they've only gotten bigger because it's more fun. They make it a fun section, fun environment to be in. They care about one thing, and that's the fire. They're not worried about politics. Oh, sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the only thing is, I mean, I, there's I'm certain things. A lot of that are important. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, puppy. Puppy. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, they, they just focus on one thing, and that's the fire. Um, and again, while all these things are really good to do, uh, if they just focus on just supporting the fire and supporting the team on the field, um, you know, they're going to be fine. So that, that's how you fix it. Yeah. Uh, I also think, I mean, the, I think it's awesome that they do some of the stuff that they do. And, and, and if, if they didn't do it, who would? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's also some, but there has to be some sort of balance, it sounds like everybody's kind of saying. Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right. So rebrand, you're moving this potentially a soldier field. I, I think, you know that what? Self, self, selfishly, it's nice having it at Bridgeview because it's well, 25 we, minutes like, away for us. I like it at Bridgeview. I think that Bridgeview is, the suburbs? Yeah, we yeah, are in the burbs. Uh, but, uh, uh, Chicago, Southwest, 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 Orlandish. Oh, okay. I grew up in Naperville. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Not, I mean, selfishly being in the city, um, I mean, I, I, I am all for this because, uh, I mean, I can literally get on the 146 bus and get directly to Soldier Field, um, which might make me a little selfish in that sense. But, you know, when your target market is going to be in the city and getting these millennials that are in the city, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to, they, they need to move to the city. You absolutely need to. To be successful as a sports franchise in Chicago, you've got to be in the city. You've got to have public transportation access. It's very, very important. You know, going back to the rebranding argument, I know I know some people don't want to, but that, I guess that also starts conversation and also can start, you know, um, 
uh, just conversation in the city. Hey, you hear the Chicago Fire rebranding. And so maybe that's just the idea there. But I mean, if you imagine they do move to the city, they do get a Chicharito and they do rebrand. I mean, that is just really starting a cascade of events that potentially could, you know, up the attendance. I got a question for you. It was the money spent on Bastion Schweinsteiger worth it? Yeah. See, I think it gets us here. I think without getting Schweinsteiger, you, you kind of don't get here so quickly. Yeah, I, I like I, – I was very happy with it. Um, I, I love Bosque. I love the fact that he's here. I think he does a lot of good for the team. Um, he's an experienced player who's going to teach these guys lessons for the future. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's someone who they can rely on not to be the best player in the world, but a leader. And that's really what I'm looking for in a player. And uh, they, they got him. They absolutely got him. So. We got some comments here. Only way changing branding helps is if they feel that they have destroyed the image to the point that they cannot recover. And I mean, look at the fan base. I mean, we certainly have a jaded, mad fan base. I mean, that's for sure. People, more to the comment, people would have to know who the fire are and have truly, uh, uh, and they have truly an awful rep throughout the city. Um, they know the fire, but they, they don't have a very positive. Um, view of the branding of the fire, if that makes sense. No, well, and also a viewer view of ownership, and and also let's let's get into some of what Taylor was talking about that we had not the talked about the infrastructure, the lack of infrastructure that say, that Kansas City has, that a club like New York Red Bull have, and uh, the the example he gave was DC United, who had to shift into this, and then we saw what did we see at the uh, MLS draft? We saw that DC United say. Uh, punt just every single draft pick for money for nothing and just said later and and, because we invest in our team we invest in our our youth team we invest in time and that's where investment is and where do we see that in chicago for the fire it it just seems like a very minor league team and until the fire can become a major league team um you know they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna have the attendance that other teams have um you know just from another, you know, from another standpoint, um, when I watch, you know, when I go to other cities for fire games, um, you know, even Cincinnati for the Open Cup game, people knew what was going on. Like, oh, you guys are in town for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta, there's Atlanta United flags everywhere, more than Braves. I was out during a Falcons during the Falcons season, and you know, while it was a playoff game, you know. People are there are more excited about the Atlanta United game than they are about the NFL game. But, dude, it's not, it sounds like the Fire are more well known outside the city of Chicago than they are inside. Potentially, yeah, absolutely. More people are paying attention to, or at least know about the Fire and their cool. game that they're having a game this weekend than inside of the city of Chicago, and that's a problem. My, my hope is Mansueto is potentially a, a I think big Mansueto solution. Is serious, yes, I think is. He, he's like, all right, this is stupid. Like, I see what all these other teams are doing, making money off of MLS and soccer. And, um, you know, that's why I think he wants to rebrand. I think this move to Soldier Field is eventually going to lead the way for our own stadium in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this Lincoln Yards thing didn't work out, but there's still room in. You're not going to be downtown. Like, that's just unrealistic. But there's room in the South Loop. There's room on the West Side. You know, you could easily build a stadium with public transportation access, 
You can build bars around there. You can build up the bars that are there now. Are you saying that Bridgeview's not the option in that in that regard? Don't put the bars around Bridgeview. Don't make the public transportation to Bridgeview. What about this? What if you move to Soldier Field for five years while you get to invest two, three years construction into Bridgeview? Make it freaking that nice. Is, that doesn't make any sense. Is that just stupid? Why would you just move out? Just to, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think they turned Soldier Field, not Soldier um, Bridgeview Stadium into. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're going to turn into. Uh, maybe a USL stadium. Um, you could knock out that upper deck section, tarp off some of the other sections. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe turn them into offices. Uh, but I think they turn into a USL stadium. Um, but that they need something out there. There's, all, there's some talk about it just being strictly concerts. Um, they already have a concert venue in Tinley Park. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, what, 20 minutes away. It's very nice and works great. Uh, it's a way better it's, setup it's there. It's huge. And it's a way better setup in Tinley where you can go sit on that hill. Lawn, and lawn the lawn. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Maybe it's going to an XFL stadium. I don't know. Um, but uh, they got to do something with that facility there. The people of Bridgeview paid a lot of money for it. Uh, but I want to get the heck out of Bridgeview. Mm -hmm. I hate going there. Um, I hate how it takes up half my Saturday. Uh, I, I want to be in the city. Uh, people want to be in the city. Um, you know, it stinks for the suburban crowd. I've been there. Yeah, but... for us going to like Cubs games. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's just... still fine. It's still fine. I going to Cubs games fun. Going to Blackhawks game, it's fun. It feels worth it. It's you could deal with that. I mean, we really can. It's fine. It's maybe a little bit harder to justify for the fire because the experience. It's just. I feel like it's it's more. The fire experience is really what we make it. Like going to hang out with our buddies and going having a beer and like that's really where most of. It comes from when I go to a when I go to a, a Hawks game or to a Bulls game, I have that already, and then plus like the the, the addition the glitz and glam of yeah. a spectacle, which I just don't get that at a fire game. Yeah, um, and uh, when it comes to you know, it, it needs to become that cool experience, right? Right. Look at the bleachers at Wrigley. Go to a Hawks game. You know, it's like oh, that's a cool thing you're doing. I don't want to make going to a fire game be like a chore to watch to watch. This you know, go out to Bridgeview. I don't want to do that. I don't like that feeling. And a lot of fans don't like that feeling. But uh, I, I just think that uh, they really just need to, you know, get to the city, make it a cool social setting, you know, put some beer gardens in, uh, make it just make it a cool thing to do. Get Chicago Live there. That Texas Live thing, get Chicago yeah, Live. Things, man. It'd be great. It would be so cool. Uh, I, I want to say everybody in the comments, everybody in the live chat audience, we're kind of shut, getting close to shutting down here. So fire off your last final thoughts and your final what, questions what, at us. What do you guys think of the? Uh, obviously, it's you know so a rumor. But what do you think about the the potential name? What was it? Chicago City FC, correct? I think that name sucks. <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. Me so too. dull. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's but then, lame. but look at New York City FC. <laughs> There's too many FCs in the league already. It's just like, oh, it's pretty dull. Yeah, tons of them, and it's just very generic. So yeah, so what what would be good? Do you stick? Do you stick with Chicago Fire? Do you go with some sort of new Chicago name? The Lakers. I think you go and just get a, a, a small refresh of the brand. Uh, you don't need to do something crazy, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, getting a stadium downtown, refreshing the prior brand. Yeah. Uh, calling up Fire FC. I don't know. I, I don't know what they could do, but uh, the Chicago Lakers. <laughs> uh, got a question here. Uh, so, what can we do to officially protest the potential name change? I really, 
I don't uh, think I don't think do nothing, I don't think there's anything you could do because I th- I just don't think they care about the five the subset of five thousand fans yeah. who really are holding on to the fire day. Chicago broad shoulders. They don't. <laughs> yeah. They look. They they do not care about. They don't care. They don't. I agree. Yeah, you guys know it. They, they just don't care. They don't care. It's clear. How do Jordan – if they cared, we would have seen it before. The optics wouldn't have been this bad. Uh, they got to get the infrastructure in place. I, I tried my first game in 2015, bought an all-day pass on Metro, and was told it would work for Pace. Pace wouldn't accept it, blah, 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 blah. Had to take a cab to the game. It's clustered. It was a yeah, cluster truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting to the game is difficult. We do know that. Um First game in 2015. My first game was like in 98 or something. Wow. The fi- and that's the other thing uh, that I got to say about rebranding. You are throw- two decades, 21 years old. The fire just got old enough to buy a beer. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that's not nothing to, you know, that's not nothing. That That is definitely some significant history there. But now let's look at that history. They won the first few years. They were good. And then we had to deal with mediocrity. It's it was, been a free fall. We had to deal with mediocrity a lot after then. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I growing up in Naperville, I went to a lot of games at Old Cardinal Stadium when they played there, and that's really how I fell in love with the team. But, uh, um, you know, those were completely different teams. It was a different league at the time, too, man. Yeah. Like, MLS is not the same league it was in 98. It's not the same league it was 10 years ago. No, not even five years ago. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Where, the Zlatans weren't here. Five, we got a Zlatan. We have a top, a top you 15 striker in the world. As, being in, as someone from the city of Chicago, and you see Cincinnati come in, and they're, and packing, a stadium, and they're packing the stadium, they, like, it just doesn't make me feel good. These other markets that are doing well, there's not a lot to do in Cincinnati. That's um, the other thing. The nasty natty. There's not a lot of other things to do in Cincinnati. Same thing in like a place like Rockford, uh, where they'll, they'll go to the Rockford Ice Hogs games. And that's, yeah. and but it somehow for some reason Chicago Fire failed to capture this suburban but crowd. This big youth. So- this is what, like the t- a top five youth soccer state in the yeah, country. It is. And it's very, yeah, soccer's popular here. It's People huge, and they're it's blowing huge. it. It's huge. Kids play soccer here. And they're good it's at it. International market that could be tapped into as well. And I really think that a move to the city would really bring out a lot more people. Yeah. Um, it's easy for these. It's easy for people to take public transportation to games. People from the suburbs can still drive in, talk to field, make parking cheap, make them fan friendly prices. I think uh, it starts with the soccer Taj Mahal. You have the instead of the soccer Taj Mahal of the Midwest over in Kansas City. Let them have it. Where? Is the Illinois development? Well, the, the U.S. Soccer is headquartered in Chicago. In Chicago. It, where is the mecca? We need that development where you could go see Schweinsteiger practicing with Dax McCarty, and as a kid, and you're like, "Whoa!" And you walk out, and all of a sudden, you get a little inspired. Well, I, I, I t- I'm a high school teacher, and plenty of kids follow soccer. But who do they follow? Barcelona, Madrid, Man U, City. Um, that is where their focus is, and so that's why when you talk about a soccer Taj Mahal. Or a place, you know, like Atlanta, like their stadium. You need that because other people are just going to watch uh, B- the BPL, the who do have Bundesliga, <laughs> to watch Liga MX. It's just, and it's just to watch the national team. Exactly. And that's it. That's the exactly. only like, thing that they watch here. Exactly. Um, you know, my I have a cousin. He's he's like twelve years old. He's he's a very good soccer player, very good, and he's a Dortmund fan because of Pulisic, and you know. They lived, they, they lived out in San Antonio, so they really had MLS on there, but 
you know, they do watch FC Dallas. They do watch that team play. And but you know, it's Antonio time, FC in the USL, I believe. You do have the yeah, you do have the yeah, the, yeah. Uh, they do have the USL team down there. They do a great job with the community down there. Um, By the way, they have fan friendly prices. <laughs> yeah. They um, and Atlanta are two of the soccer clubs David that have Beckham. family friendly prices. I've never paid four dollars. I paid more money for beers at bars in Chicago than in a professional sporting event. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And awesome. And it feels it good. Awesome. And it makes going to games feel worthwhile. That's the other thing. I think that so much so much gouging has happened. Let's go talking back to our prior conversation that of fading attendance. I think there's just so much gouging that people just don't feel like going anymore. It's like screw it. I'll stay at home and have I'll have three or four beers at home for the for not even the price of going, parking, time spent, and beer. parking is so stupid. I mean, I take. I take living by Wrigley Field for granted because I walked every game. Yeah. But you look at like parking signs are up, like forty dollars to park. Come on. Stupid are you money. serious? Money. Come on. That's that's like average. Yeah. Yeah, that's cheap. I, I see. Yeah, I, I know what you do. I'm saying, are you kidding me? But I know exactly because I've had to deal with it. It's just that it's it's market insanity, and then it just becomes exclusive to go to these games. It's like, you know, it becomes a super big event, and then also you're only going to one a year instead of three or four. <laughs> MLS cannot afford to have expensive tickets. They cannot afford to have expensive parking and food. Yes. They need to make it an affordable thing for people to go to, to attract a younger crowd, and to attract families. High uh, class people, and like rich people, are not going to MLS games. They're going to sit courtside of Bulls games. They're going to sit behind all play to cup games. Yes. They're going to Bear games. Yes. Your product, your target market should not be those people. Yes, they are going to spend money, but if you want to have people in seats, if you want to get quantity and you want to become a name around the city, that you know that rich crowd, that high crowd is essentially going to want to start going to, then you have to make your fan friendly prices. Keep the ticket prices low. The fire you have my biggest one. I, I will never complain about ticket price with the fire. Because I paid two hundred fifty bucks a year for season tickets. Okay. Yeah, it's not um, bad. That's yeah, not bad. The, that is dirt cheap for it's, season tickets. When you really think about it, when you go say, "Oh, I'm going to go spend two hundred fifty dollars for four seats games, at the yeah, Blackhawks." Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, you go to other cities, like you tell people, other MLS fans find out how cheap our tickets are. Like, no way. I'm like, yeah. And then you have people complaining about like, oh, the season ticket holder. Gifts and stuff aren't cool enough. The box isn't cool enough. Like I saw that in the past. The experience like, is not cool enough. I don't care less that. about that. Yeah. Our season ticket holder gift is cheap tickets. Yes. <laughs> like the fact that we can afford to go to games. I saw that. I saw this as a point from Vlakas, who's the guy who leaked this out. By the way, uh, he he was saying, um, "Oh snap! What was my point?" Shank, I forgot. Well, let me. Say, I want. I want to jump in on your comment about. Uh, I think you said it was your cousin is a Dortmund fan from Pulisic. And, um, I mean, that's why I was a Man United fan, because of David Beckham. Obviously, he's not an American. Jonathan he's an Spencer. English, he's an Englishman. But, um, again, bringing a Chicharito here would pack the seats. So Chicharito here would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Carlo, even Carlos Vela would have been nice. I mean, it, it's just. Does Iniesta, would Iniesta have done it? No. I still think Chicharito brings more people out than any else does. I think so, too. You don't I think agree. A, a Barcelona or a Real Madrid star would do it? A no. Sergio Ramos? It takes a Mexican guy. It takes an American guy. People want to watch players that, that are like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, you nailed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. I mean, going to see Boston once or twice is cool, but, you know, 
for a lot of people to say they can go see Chicharito play week in and week out, you know, that's that's something that, you know, you got you, you really should have a blank checkbook for that. Uh, um, I remember the docket. I'm sorry. Go. Mansueto needs to go sign him. Um, I, I think that would really, that would make the fire popular. They wouldn't even need to move. They wouldn't have an attendance problem. Um, jersey, I mean, when Blanco was here, they, everyone had a Blanco jersey. They're making fake Blanco jerseys. Um, you know, when, once that happens, man, I'm telling you right now, uh, the fire will be a very, very popular team. Very popular team. Uh, if they can uh, pull off the future. Well, I, we asked Sam Stexel, who writes for MLS about that a few weeks ago when we had him on our podcast. He said, don't expect that to ever happen. He'd probably go to LAFC. Chicago, I mean, just nobody – Chicago Fire infrastructure is just not in its place where Chicharito wants to come here. But, yeah, I know, but they need to just – money talks. Money talks. That's, that's what, very true. What what American what what American could you bring here that would pack the seats? I'm struggling to think of one besides a, a pull sick. Uh, I, I don't think anyone right now. No. I don't think uh, maybe Johnson really has like that older no. guy that they can really say like, oh, this is our guy for the future. Um, I can't think of I, one. Uh, I can't even think of one. Bobby Wood. No. no, I just I can't even think of Fabian. That's why I said uh, DeAndre Yedlin. No, he would go back to Seattle. I can't think of one. I honestly can't think of one. Ethan Horvats? No, no, uh, not even close. Uh, but the thing I was thinking about that Vakas was saying is that it, uh, the Fire missed a, bat, a good opportunity to give away ESPN Plus last season with season tickets as a good gesture of goodwill, and then you know just give the first season away free, and then you know you start paying for it, and then I don't know if they could do that. I wonder. I mean, dude, if they, that, dude, they could do anything they want with that. You don't think? Give away five thousand free subscriptions and make them pay the next year for if they want to continue. Why would ESPN do, agree to that? Well, the fire fans would. No, I'm just saying the organization. ESPN would be losing money. It doesn't make no, sense. I love ESPN Plus. Oh I, yeah, I love it. Love it. ESPN's now. You're a soccer fan. You don't have ESPN Plus. What do you do? What do you yeah. totally? What do you uh, be athletic? I mean, what do we get? Every MLS game, you get every Dutch league game. You get the English Championship. We can watch the English Championship easier than people in England. That's crazy. Uh, in Syria, Syria, ah, uh, uh, random baseball games, random NHL games. It's just, it's, it's all on there. It's great. And the ESPN thirty for thirty. I'm a big fan of you. I love ESPN Plus. It, it is the not best value in sports. I'm not. I don't like how bars you can't get in at a bar. That's that's a big problem. It's a very big problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I. Uh, over the last summer when we first got it, um, I was uh, managing the uh, Atlantic Bar a couple of nights, bartending there, kind of running the ship. And uh, it's tough when you have to stream a game on TV at bar at that bar. You know, we're not the only bar that would have that issue. Yeah. Um, so. And not to mention, well, it's you a cord cutter too. It's nice to. Have. And also, it makes you can replay yeah. games. Yep. Like, I didn't watch the game live yesterday. I watched it about 45 minutes after it started just because I was doing stuff. But the game's going on live, but I could just start it where I had to be and then just catch up. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's definitely really cool, too. So I, I really think, you know, you know, we're all in agree agreement that someone like a Chicharito uh, moving to Chicago, uh, making it more of a spectacle to compete with, you know, other markets and get that, you know, people enjoying soccer. I mean – it can happen, and it can happen, and it should happen. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I kind of think that a rebrand is necessary. I, 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 I see. I, I 
I'm looking at it not from what I want. I'm looking at it what's best for Chicago soccer. And to, it, the, probably the best for Chicago soccer is just to burn it down and restart it. A la Chicago Fire. <laughs> Symbolic. I just want to have fun going to the games. Yeah, I just said. So so uh, I mean, people are like, oh, I want to be. I don't know. I, I really think that we need to be popular. Yes, winning trophies is important, but, you know, there's that old cliche. It's like, would you rather find $5 on the ground over your WNBA team when it And the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people in Chicago would rather find $5 on the ground than see the fire win an MLS Cup. Wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think that this is a, another thing that makes me think rebrand is uh, slow day saying that rebrand will do could do nothing. Think about that. What if the rebrand just does nothing? But it could. They, if, they you, move, if you it's couple a, it, it's if a, you couple it with other big moves, it could. That's what Taylor was saying. You have to get the infrastructure in place. Moving to Bridgeview is not a band aid. You have to be doing all these other things, mm-hmm. and that will make the, the the I agree that the rebrand could potentially be totally a failure and just like get what you create a new team and it just fizzles out even worse than the fire did, who had twenty years of history behind him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it could not work. It could not work. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, we're getting close to a... first and then see if you need a rebrand. Yes. Uh, any final thoughts here, Moot, as we kind of shut it down? Um, I mean, I'm excited for the game on Friday night. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get there because I have work until 5 downtown. Snap. Which, again, you know, stinks because, you know, that is going to affect the attendance of the game because, you know, people are going to be getting off work. Yeah. Um, you know, you're playing the city, people work downtown, it's easy to just say, hey, let's go meet downtown for the game. Let's dip out an um, hour early and go to the game on Friday. I, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm saying. That would be easier to say, be easier to justify. Yeah. Instead of going out to Bridgeview, you just easily like go to Soldier Field, um, take a bus, take a train, you know, whatever, take a cab, take an Uber. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm excited for the game Friday. Um, I don't know if you guys are you guys do a podcast before the game, or you guys may do one after? We'll probably do one after. Okay. Uh, I'll mean, be able to get predict- What are your guys' predictions for Friday, real quick? So, they're playing Vancouver, correct? Yeah. Uh, oh, after this last uh, result. Uh, three to one. But no Frankowski struggles. Uh, three to one win. I can see a two-one win, three-one. I can see, uh, you got to get a win here. you got to turn home into a fortress. Yeah. Um, let me see. Vancouver just played LA. Let me see how they did. Someone said Hassler's playing for Sporting. They lost to the Galaxy two nothing. All right. Well, Vancouver hasn't won a game all year. Okay, uh-huh. we should win them. We should beat them. <laughs> Hopefully, we win. I say Fire wins two one. Um, I I don't think it's going to be a pretty performance again, but uh, I, I see a two one victory happening. Um. I'm excited. Hopefully the weather's decent for Friday. But uh, let me just take a look here. Uh, I'll read some of these comments out. Uh, Margaret says, care more about winning trophies than being popular, but the money bags, the people who hold the purses don't. Um, uh, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. <laughs> That's great. Hazard's playing for SKC today. Starting. Mm, by the way. Oh, mm, so that was a cast off. <laughs> A mistake, Chad, Tony Chani. And that wasn't a Tony Chani because that was a ne- that was necessary. This was a mistake where Pono or Belco thinks he or not Belco, sorry, Nelson Rodriguez thinks he could juggle international slots, yeah, and pays the price. 
I mean, I'm looking at the co- I mean, when it talks to get into a part two, the fire don't really do a good job of like thinking how to get there. The Cubs have an ad right here. Here are four ways you need to regular field. Mm-hmm. Free parking and bus shuttle service. Case buses. Uh, you can park the bike parking. They have CTA. There's just so many ways that they offer fans an ability to get to the stadium that everyone knows where it is. Everyone's been going there their whole lives, but it's like, hey, here's a reminder. Here's the many ways that you can get to Wrigley Field. Right. And fire don't do anything like that. It's like, oh, take the puppet pitch, and that's it. The infrastructure. It's, infrastructure, it's, it's just, just not it's there. Just yeah. It's not there, and it never will be there in Bridgeview, unfortunately. There's the there's the nub of the gist. It will never be there in Bridgeview because it should have been there already. And so at this point, fire on their way out. They're like, all right, we left the door open here 10 years. 10 years, how yeah. much more? So you know what? Door's shutting. We're leaving. We're heading back to Brid- we're gonna head back to Soldier Field. We'll figure it out from there. It, hopefully it's not a hopefully it's not a quick fix. Uh, hopefully it is part of a larger plan to fix everything wrong mm. with the fire to get the to get the money into the structure to get the money into scouting to get the money into a facility to get Mansueto's money pumping and to turn Chicago soccer into what it should be it doesn't make sense to me without when, when I was coming when I'm like a fan I'm like how is Toronto one of the biggest things one of the biggest clubs in uh in MLS, I'm talking about years and years and years ago. When international city, just like us. I, I agree, but my my thought is like as being a Chicago fan at that time, 10, 15 years ago. I'm like, we got the Cubs, we got the we're Chicago, we're the third biggest city in the world, but we act like we're in we act like we're in Memphis. We're no, we don't even act like we're in Memphis. We act like we're in Rockford. It doesn't yeah. make sense. And and they have been doing that for over 15, 20 years. So almost 15 years, because 20 years is how long the club is. So, so yeah, that's where we're at. Final thoughts, Jeff? No, I just, uh, I've been busy coaching. So I'm just excited to uh, get out to the stadium and just uh, watch a game. We'll be at the game Friday. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be fun. Dude, we have to to meet and have a beer, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be. I'm going to be in 137. I don't know what time I'm getting there, mm-hmm. but uh, you know we'll definitely connect on Friday. It should be a good time. Um, I'm excited. I think the Fire are going to win another game. Um, They're not out of it. But you know what? Just win at home, draw on the road. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's the recipe. There's the recipe. Um, thank you guys for uh, listening today. I'm sorry for the uh, um, the visual issues. Hopefully, we can figure out how to get that working again. But yeah. uh, Matt, aka Moot, thank you for uh, coming on. It's been fun. Hopefully we can have you on again again, man. Thank you. I, yeah, I'd love to come back again. Glad we got to talk about all this. And, uh, you know, go fire. Go fire. Fire. Fired up footballers. Fire down. We'll, see, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks, for everybody, for joining. Uh, smash that like button. Subscribe for more Spinning Fire. Hit that bell icon, most specifically, to get notified of our live streams. We're also available for iTunes on iTunes Podcasts and on Stitcher for download, if you guys want to download us after that, because I know we always run long. Anyway, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for joining us. Later. Oh, crud. I ne- we don't know how to turn this off. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Let's stop broadcast. Right All right. There. Fire down, everybody. Later, ladies and gentlemen.